Hey everybody, welcome to the Prep Life Podcast. This is your founder and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini, Amy Anger, with my fabulous co-host. Hey guys, this is Chris Nicole, Glam Girl Bikini Coach and IFBB Bikini Pro. So today we're going to be finishing up part two of our book talk, Smarter, Faster, Better by Charles Duhigg. So we're going to be going over those last 12 points. We, If you didn't get a chance to listen to part one, go ahead and do that. It was released last Tuesday, and that mm-hmm. was uh, – it'll be a lot different in terms of the topics. Obviously, we were covering different chapters. This chapter, I really like the timing of the chapters we're going over for this portion because I feel like a lot of the – things that Celeste Rains Turk from Confessions of a Bikini Pro podcast. She was um, at the retreat this weekend in Phoenix, Arizona with Glam Girls. And actually, I think there was like a huge mix of just different uh, teams, different people that were coached by different people, some people that weren't Mm -hmm. coached by anyone. And it was a totally, we started out as a group of most of us not knowing each other Uh, And this was the Build More Than Just a Body and Glam Girl Bikini retreat that we did in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, It was incredible. Celeste did the mindset portion of it and went through a workbook. And uh, the Glam Girl coaches, Chris and I, we covered like the posing, the Mm -hmm. yoga, the upper body, the lower body, the HIIT training. And it was a really good combination of items. I felt like everybody kind of mm-hmm. led something different and there was a lot brought to the table. What were your thoughts about the retreat? Yeah, I felt like it, the, the activities were very reflective of what it takes to uh, be a, a successful athlete and enjoy the process because it was not just like physical things, but it was a lot of mentality work as well. Um, which I feel like is very lacking uh, specifically in the sport. So Celeste did a really good job of addressing all kinds of like hot topics. And I did really enjoy us having a, a group of different people. Like I even had a, one of my clients come up to me and she's like, there's people here that have never competed just like me. So I just feel like it was a really good group where people could feel like they, um, could relate to someone else. I think everybody was super friendly and uh, we were all here for the same thing. So um, yeah, I learned a lot myself, but I really enjoyed um, getting to meet and talk to um, lots of different people within in all different stages of their journey. Yeah, I think it was neat because I think a lot of people came into the retreat with a bit of imposter syndrome and a lot of them thinking that they're not worthy to be a competitor that their body isn't in a space where they can't they haven't seen those changes they haven't been on stage and so I think it was helpful that we we had a lot of novices I mean honestly when we broke people up to the advanced competitors having three or more shows there were only five people in that category Mm -hmm. and then our intermediate category I think we had five and they were kind of like um, they'd been coached by a posing coach or their coach had gone over with posing with them. But the vast majority, the biggest percent of the population were people that had never competed, that 
prior to the weekend, I think they would say they don't, they weren't sure if they could see themselves as, as a competitor. And I think that being around all these like-minded women and understanding that they can do it and gaining that confidence, I think was really cool to see the transformation that happened from day one. And it was like instantly everybody clicked and people were making Mm -hmm. friends with people all over the country. I mean, we had so many different states represented every part of the United States. And it was cool to just come there. Super nice weather, uh, the hike. I really enjoyed getting outside in the fresh air. The resort couldn't have been better in terms of a location for this retreat because we had our own private room for the mental side of things. We had a private room for the yoga. We had a, you know, posing deck for the posing part and a huge gym space and the trail was just right outside the fitness, the athletic club. So, Mm -hmm. uh, it just, I feel like it, it went really smoothly. And when I look back to our retreat in 2020, where it was just exclusively glam girls and we didn't have Celeste part with the mindset training, body image, food relationships, stress management. I think that that was a really big piece that was missing. And it was funny. Celeste shared with me, at the retreat, she's like, I've done so many of these retreats and, or, you know, I guess she would call them workshops. And she said, I've never had the pieces that I felt like were missing and that you've provided. So she's like, mm-hmm. honestly, it was the best mix because she said she's always wanted to have, you know, the yoga, the cardio, the workouts, the posing, uh, the hike, all that stuff. Uh, it just, she said that she felt like she could never do that part of it. So it was definitely a mutually beneficial situation. And I, I think we'll definitely be doing that again. And this time yeah. we'll give everybody a little bit more notice ahead of time. Uh, because yeah. this was kind of just a brainchild of us going on a hike in December. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah. it definitely, um, yeah. Anything else? Any other thoughts about, like, what was your favorite part in terms of other than just meeting people, which obviously is a, a huge one? The relationships and the connections, I felt like, was definitely mm-hmm. a favorite. Yeah. Um, I really liked getting outside and doing a hike because that's not something that I normally do. So it was, like, the second time I've ever hiked in my entire life. Um, first time so being that the was first really... retreat. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so it was really nice too, cause you like kind of end up with different people along the trail. So you start conversations. So I, I really enjoyed the exercise and the connections being outside. Um, but I really liked the content that Celeste went over about stress management. Um, because I think, I mean, it's definitely something I struggle with, but I think it's like something that is, uh, a lot of people's obstacle and not always recognized. So Celeste did a really good job of giving very tangible like exercises to practice um, and how to recognize things, how to um, switch your perspective on a challenging uh, situation. Uh, A lot of really good things that I felt like I can apply coming back home. Yeah, we kind of pivoted because we were intentionally, we had not put in yoga into the mix and everybody I think was so sore and tight. And I... It's been a while since I've taught yoga, but I used to teach at the high school. You know, I taught yoga for 10 years and I have a bunch of certifications. I was just really extremely rusty. 
but I, I pivoted and this day two, instead of doing hit, we went ahead and did yoga and part of the stress management techniques that Celeste taught us were a progressive muscle relaxation technique. And I was sharing with her mm-hmm. that I always did this with the high school students uh, in their corpse pose and the meditation aspect, because when you tense up your muscles and then relax them, they get even more relaxed your body feels more at ease. And so I said, this is the perfect application for everything that you talked about on day one with stress management, because she was also talking about breathing techniques and we were working on our breathing while we were in corpse pose. And I felt like it was cool because we could have, a lot of us are probably kinesthetic learners. I know I am. So if I visually read something or I listen to it by audio. I don't learn it as well as actually practicing it and doing it physically with my body. As I'm sure a lot of competitors can relate to that. They're kinesthetic learners by doing. And so I thought it was cool that we could um, kind of pivot there and put that actual work into practice so that if competitors are feeling stressed, they can go back to that technique and use that as one of the Mm -hmm. tools in their toolbox to just kind of, you know, learn to be in a relaxed state on their backs and kind of remember what that feels like. So, yeah. Yeah. That was a really nice surprise, uh, in our events and you did a great job. (laughs) Thanks. I'm an, I'm an impromptu person (laughs) sometimes. (laughs) It's like, uh, improv. Yeah, you did great. No, just kidding. Um, I just, I remember when I was, I was teaching freshman PE and I would like, I just call it controlled chaos or organized chaos is my definition <laughs> because whenever there's movement involved with a big group, it's like, you know, there's some sense of just like things are a little bit wild, but, um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. anyways, moving on to our topic for today. <laughs> yes. So let's talk about cognitive tunneling. That's definitely not a term that I was familiar with before I read the book. And so just to kind of give some context to what cognitive tunneling is and the definition, uh, basically, so if you're feeling panicked, that will trigger cognitive tunneling. And just kind of, if you can accept potential stressors that are going to be coming on, and if you have the ability to assess the situation in a calm manner, then you're going to be able to see options more easily. And so by mentally rehearsing like critical moments and procedures, you need to do that ahead of time so that, Mm -hmm. so like the example they're giving is like a pilot. Um, You know, if they're in a crash, they're going to probably experience cognitive tunneling. They're going to look at the dashboard, see a flashing red light, and they're going to target in on that. They're not going to like scan the situation, look at the, the window panel and like calmly be like, okay, the plane is crashing. Like in that moment, you have to have rehearsed that and thought about like, what are the worst case scenarios? What would that look like if something went wrong? What things do I need to do and be practiced on procedures? So in that critical moment, I'm able to make a calm enough decision that I can assess and see everything, not just like the spotlight honed in on one thing where I miss like the big picture. So, um, so the, the takeaway in this chapter was cognitive tunneling occurs when you're focused on the immediate task at hand or something directly in front of you and you miss the big picture. 
So when I'm thinking about the prep life and when cognitive tunneling can sometimes happen is so when I get super, super stressed and I'm not staying on top of my stress management, I tend to have like tunnel vision on like cravings and just wanting to raid the pantry as my Mm -hmm. like put this to rest, like get the stress away from me. I'm going to like put it out on food, you know? So I think what a better thing to do is to anticipate that there's always going to be stressors and there's always going to be that food in the pantry. Right. So what I need to do is take a step back and kind of be proactive in the fact that I need to understand that there are stressors that are going to come up, but I need to evaluate the situation. So assess why am I tired? Am I thirsty? Yeah. Um, what is like the deeper issue here when it comes to stress? Am I anxious about, am I anxious about something? Am I bored? So why am I having that feeling that I want to go there and kind of anticipating that it happens, it's happened before, but what Mm -hmm. are some proactive things that I can do that when I'm stuck in that situation that I have a coping strategy. And so for me, it's going for a massage it gets me out of the house. It relaxes me. Sometimes taking a walk can do that. It just gives yeah. me a little bit of buffer time to analyze. Like, I'm really just tired right now. It's late at night. I need to go to bed. Something like that. Uh, did you yeah. have anything to add on cognitive tunneling? Uh, I think that's what you uh, shared here is like a really good example because uh, I feel like a lot of people struggle with that specific one. I always encourage people like when you're not like a lot of times I'll talk to a client and it'll be like after they've had like a situation that they um, they didn't like execute their plan the way they wanted to or they kind of fell off the wagon and um, and so they're in a reflective state and I ask them like okay let's come up with some things like you said some active things that you can do while you're in that situation to kind of help remove you or give you something different to focus on. And I tell them to put those options in a notepad in their phone, because I think sometimes we get so frazzled that we forget what we decided was going to be our like alternative action. And then we're just like struggling to remember we're fighting a craving and we're just like overwhelmed. But if you can just go back in your phone and look at what options do I have right now Uh, it can help you make decisions uh, and kind of like let your brain kind of relax. So, yeah. yeah. Do you want to take the reactive thinking? Sure. Uh, So reactive thinking is uh, primarily responsible for how we're building habits. A lot of times those are how we're building bad habits. So the, um, the opposite of a reactive person is a proactive person. Uh, reactive people, they often are letting their circumstances and their conditions control them. And they don't necessarily um, see the disconnect or the gap between a stimulus and a response. So um, they're just kind of like, you know, again, like responding to whatever is happening in their world with uh, in an acute type of situation. Um, so some examples that may be a little bit easier to um, relate to are, 
um, overeating because we are not, we don't have our meals prepped or we don't have the fridge stocked with things that we uh, are on our meal plan or are, are good for our goals. Um, or, you know, you're waiting till you have time to go to the gym rather than blocking off some time in your schedule where it's an assigned appointment for you to get into the gym. Um, so, yeah, is there something uh, you you wanted to add on top of that? Well, the next point is how reactive thinking, how we build habits based on that. And so mm. you can use reactive thinking to your advantage and you can make it so that your habits are automatic this is how our brain works like the the less we have to think about it and we make a habit automatic it's going to you know set us up for the most success so he in the book recommends that you create a calendar with alerts like time blocks for the things that are important to you to-do lists things to keep you organize ahead of time so like in the example that you said like with the meal prep like if people are playing macro tetris at night where they're like okay i still have like 40 grams of protein but zero fats and like two carbs left so planning your meals like on a certain day like maybe you uh you know prep like make an appointment time to meal prep and make an appointment time to like do grocery shopping and allow yourself to make habits automatic. So the more repetitive that you can be with those, then it won't take as much thinking power to do those there. You're going to have instincts and you're going to automatically proceed. So for me, I work out at the same time every single day. I know when I'm waking up, I know when Mm -hmm. I'm eating my breakfast and those are very constant. So to give you an example, when I travel, you know, and things are a little bit off, it does, yeah. it, I notice that I get overly hungry, like at a certain time, because my meal timing yeah. has been off. Um, you know, I'll make some bad decisions, or maybe some off track decisions, because yeah. it's not like so automatic, and I'm having to make decisions based on yes. like a schedule change. And that's part of life. We have schedule changes, but kind of thinking about it ahead of time and anticipating those situations. So outsourcing your choices, like for example, uh, doing like an Instacart and then just being able to like knowing like these are the foods that you have like on your plan Mm -hmm. and reorder them. Um, You can do that like you do with Trifecta with your protein sources. And then that sense of control really creates some good motivation to move you forward. So uh, some of the things that I've been slacking on doing my posing. And so I told my posing coach last week, she's like, how often have you been working on your posing? I'm like, "Uh, since last time I worked with you, which (laughs) has been too long. And she's like, you need to just not do anything overwhelming, but just pick like a couple minutes a day to pose she's like nothing complicated and I said I know I need to get back to the habit where I put my heels right next to my scale I weigh myself as soon as I wake up in the morning if I put the heels on it's not a task I like but it's very automatic if it's by the scale because I know I'm going to weigh myself every day so if I see the heels there I'll take two minutes to pose like it's not a big deal 
but if it's out of sight, it's kind of out of mind for me. So Mm -hmm. the same thing with my foam roller, I've noticed that, you know, I'll skip it when, um, like, for example, I did a horrible job on recovery this weekend, uh, because my automatic habit is I have my foam roller where I know my family does like books and prayer at night. And so I'll be sitting on that and like anyone can put a foam roller like where they wind down. Like let's say you watch TV at a certain time, foam roll while you're doing it, but just make it so it's easier for you Mm -hmm. to like automatically do it so that you have a strategy that will set you up for the most success. And I mean, some people have trouble with like, um, getting out of bed like so if you have to you know right by your bed put your workout stuff like make yes. less obstacles and plan ahead so that you're just you're more set up for that success I like that too how you mentioned tagging habits with each other because that's something that I always have to do like if this is and I think it's very ironic hearing what different people dislike about prep like what's their least favorite thing about prep right um I I actually had someone like I had a couple people message me and they're like oh thank you for saying that you struggle with the steps and you dislike it I struggle so much so like everybody has their thing but I I do like that so if posing is difficult for you like you're putting your heels and that habit of posing with something that you already have established so it's just like less for you to have to make decisions and think about um and i like the like looking ahead as well too which kind of goes into the next point of uh taking time every day to visualize the day ahead and what you plan to get done so actually it's it's funny my boyfriend and i talked about last year and how much we traveled and how frustrating it was for me to like constantly have an evolving schedule because we were on the road and there were different things that I was trying to get done and uh, just something that we could do differently when we travel is to like plan those, like, even if it's just like the next day, like, okay, the next day, this is our schedule or timeline. Um, so that I at least have some expectation and I can block off time to concentrate on those things. So I think just like, um, having a little bit of forethought or even just planning the next 24 hours so that you know what to expect and how to prepare for it can kind of help you not feel like it's you're just throwing things together and have this giant to-do list and getting it done whenever you can find time. Yeah. Yeah, 17 is something that we really try to do in terms of setting a stretch goal, setting smart goals. And I think it's important that our audience knows the difference between a SMART goal, which we've talked about a lot, but just for those of you who want to know, specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-bound. The difference between that is a stretch goal inspires us to think big, and and it reminds us to focus on the big picture. However, small goals are those bite-sized chunks and ways that we can pull that big stretch goal down and make it into a concrete plan of action. And so that will help you make your stretch goal into a reality by applying the SMART goal specifics. So the takeaway here, set stretch and SMART goals. And while forecasting is never certain, it's not an exact science and it's often, it's not precise, right? But it, Mm -hmm. it has a purpose 
especially when it comes to like a prep, it's pretty easy to put a stretch goal. I mean, you have this competition coming up. That's like your big goal, right? And so Mm -hmm. how are you going to get there and make sure that you're setting those smart goals every week? And they need to be, the more specific you can be, the more measurable they can be. We are data nerds over here. You know, we're going to make sure that it's a realistic time frame. You know, if you need 16 weeks, if you need 24, if you need 48 weeks, I mean, we'll make it a time bound goal, but uh, we're going to be specific about what it is we need to execute on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis to get you to that big goal. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, did you want me to go to 19 since you kind of talked about stretch goals in 18? Uh, sure. Um, yeah, I think, um, I think there's three good points though on the stretch goals. If you don't mind, um, talking about those, I would hate to, I feel like it would be remiss if we didn't talk about that, but, um, just remember that these stretch goals will allow you to like really dig into some new methods and strategies and allow you to like go outside the box, try to meet new people, get new people in your network that will help you get there. That's extremely important um, so that you're pooling ideas on how to get there and you're going to be completely uncomfortable, but that's okay Mm -hmm. because that's where the growth happens. So um, I just yes. I, I want to make sure we we hit that point too because I never I didn't mention that. I like that you mentioned the discomfort and that it's okay because we will always associate pain and discomfort with we need to get rid of it. Um, but that's one thing that Celeste was talking about is like changing perspective on like I really liked how she was talking about looking at stress as an opportunity, like a chance to build resiliency, to build your problem solving skills, and just changing like how we're looking at the situation um, and more of an opportunity than like this impending doom can help us manage it a little bit better, Mm -hmm. Um, which kind of goes into uh, the next point of 19. So since like we live in a really fast paced world, uh, everything is going like hyper speed. It's really important for us to um, remember that innovating uh, our ideas, so trying things a little bit different, coming up with um, a creative ways to complete a task, it will help us be more efficient in our, our day as well too. Um, did you have specific examples that could be relatable to that one, Amy? Yeah. So innovation, it's, it's, it's most likely it's going to be something that you've already done before, but you're going to take that old way of doing things and mix in some new ways. So we're not going to rebuild, you know, we're not going to reinvent the wheel, so to speak. Right. I mean, prep has been done a million times over, right? Uh, There's, but if you look at when I first started 11 years ago to how I prep now, it's completely different and it's because I've hired different people I've pooled resources I've educated myself I've learned new things along the way and I feel like each time I am able to prep an athlete or prep myself I have learned things every year there's always nuances there's new ways of doing things there's better ways of doing things and I think that's ultimately what it comes down to is not being dogmatic 
and your philosophies and saying that there's only one right way to do things because if I've learned anything that's the complete opposite I always want to be open to new ideas I look to other people that I look up to and I learn from them I learn from you know making failures there's a million different things there's a million different ways to get to one place but if you constantly have that growth mindset I think that it's it's okay to be uncomfortable and to not understand but the fact that you need to be open-minded um you know especially in my coaching I feel like I just always need to be open to finding new ways of doing things because every person's different they respond differently and yeah that's a really good example and I couldn't agree more all right so 21 did you want to go on that one Sure, yeah. So many of our most important decisions are, in fact, attempts to forecast the future. Uh, so we are, um, we're always looking, you know, we're making decisions for the our future goals. So I think just being cognizant of what it, you are doing in the here and now, uh, affecting the, the long-term result uh, can help you kind of stay focused. Am I explaining that? correctly yeah I think so I mean just with every decision you make just remember that's impacting your future so you are in control Mm -hmm. of your own destiny I think that's what this key point is coming about what the decisions that you make within the 24 hours they're going to impact your future and every single day is going to stack on top of each other you're not going to feel like you immediately are a competitor on day one because you decided to eat the right foods but right. you are making a step towards that future you of a competitor. And every day, I remember somebody at the retreat even said, they were like, my friends think I'm crazy. I yeah. stopped drinking. You know, I'm drinking uh, sparkling water and they're eating all these bad foods and I'm bringing my food and they're looking at me like, um, you know, I'm nuts. But I know that these steps eventually will make me get to that ultimate goal and so I keep yeah. persisting and pursuing um which is cool, kind of cool uh another I thing too that I think about is just our last retreat versus this retreat I I feel like we did a retreat similar but it's like we put new spins on things and uh yeah. we added some ideas and I mean that's how you evolve that's how you get better right right Okay, so good decision-making is contingent on the basic ability to envision what happens next. And I I feel like I kind of beating a dead horse because I kind of already (laughs) talked about that, right? Um, I mean, it's your decisions that are going to – you're in control of your future is what it's saying. So number 23, we're almost there, guys. Yeah, so accurate forecasting of the future requires exposing ourselves to as many successes and disappointments as possible. So um, that's kind of what Amy was alluding to earlier about like making mistakes, like taking a step out. Um, Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, but they're all stepping stones in moving you towards that future goal or what you're trying to accomplish Uh, for yourself so like not being afraid of like the stumbling along the way and knowing that that's actually helping move you forward rather than holding you back 
Yeah, I I look up to Kim Odo a lot, and I remember him getting interviewed by uh, Naima, and he he's been doing this forever, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he jokes like since the Civil War, but um, <laughs> but he was like. I'm New Orleans and I made a lot of boo-boos, you know, we call them boo-boos. <laughs> and he's like, as a coach, I've made a lot of boo-boos, but I learned from those boo-boos, you know, and I don't do that boo-boo yeah. anymore. And so I think his, I thought he d- did a great job of explaining that as a coach. Like I remember it was in the rapid round that Naima was like, yes, no, depends. And he literally said depends on every single thing, which amen to that because it depends there's no yes for this person for all people yes there's no no for all people it really depends on the individual so yeah I know that's more of like a coaching uh thing not so much prep life but um, I'm like giving you a standing ovation (laughs) (laughs) no it's true so 24 is our last and final one. I know we're over time here, even though we broke this into two parts. How did we do that? <laughs> um, so it's how do we learn to make better decisions in part by training ourselves to think probabilistically and that freaking weird word uh, it's from the book, obviously. <laughs> um, so if you think about probability, that's essentially what you're, you're, relaying in that phrase it's basically like what is the likelihood of certain things to happen like this situation could happen that's negative this situation could happen that's positive but if we Mm -hmm. kind of assess the entire like all scenarios think about it ahead of time then we're going to be more inclined to make a good decision because we've thought about all possible outcomes that could occur and Mm -hmm. by doing that you're actually, you know, moving yourself into a direction to make the right decision. So this would be the positive outcome. So I probably need to do X, Y, Z to get there. You know, this situation right. could be a bad one. And these are some things that I could do that would take me there. So I want to avoid those. Right. But yeah, I mean, that's what I have in closing on that. How, what are your thoughts? Uh, I think you explained it really well. And I definitely didn't know how to pronounce that word either. So I was really <laughs> glad you got that last point. I was like, oh, crap. Um, but yeah, I think that some a lot of these things kind of connect and they form like a uh, just a, a well-rounded like um, way to like perceive and move forward. So, yeah, I think you did a great job. Thank you. Well, we so appreciate all of our listeners. And if any of you ever would be so kind to leave a review or a rating it really helps us out we try to keep this you know ad free for you and so our only payment that we ask is that you leave a rating and review so that other people that are interested in the same topics can find us we're so appreciative of all of our listeners very very blessed to be able to have this platform so thank you those of you that have left ratings or reviews and we are found on Instagram at Prep Life Podcast, so please tag us in your story and let us know what you thought of the episode. Feel free to DM us with any kind of feedback or ideas of things that you would like to hear that we haven't covered. You can also find us 
on Instagram at Glam Girl Bikini. And if you would like to apply for the team, you can go to glamgirlbikini.com and hit the Get Started button. This is your founder and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini, Amy Anger, signing off with my fabulous co-host. And this is Chris Nicole, Glam Girl Bikini Coach and IFBB Bikini Pro. Thanks for listening, guys.